0: This is Jeff Coburn. and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. Well, if there weren't enough major announcements coming out of the Disney parks this week, it has now been announced that Disneyland is ending its annual pass program. To that end, we'll study the announcement, study the response that has been made by Disneyland fans look at the ramifications of this announcement, as well as solutions for moving forward. I'll also share my personal experience with Disneyland's annual pass and how it's been a part of my life for the last four decades. First, the announcement. By the way, you can see the announcements in uh, in full on our DisneyAtPlay.com site, our post that we have for this. Uh, The announcement was issued today from the president of the Disneyland Resort, Ken Potrick. Um, And by the way, well, I'll come back to Ken in a few minutes, but let's just start with uh, their Twitter, uh, their tweet that they made. Uh, We want to thank our annual pass holders for understanding during this closure period. Due to the continued uncertainty of the pandemic, and limitations around the reopening of our California theme parks, we will be reissuing appropriate refunds for eligible Disneyland Resort annual passports and sunsetting the current program. We are currently developing new membership offerings that will utilize consumer insights to deliver choice, flexibility and value for our biggest fans. Now, in a message to annual pass he also said the following, quote, for nearly four decades, our annual passport program has been an important part of connecting with some of our most valued guests. We are incredibly honored and grateful for that legacy and the memories and magical moments you have helped us create over the years. It's because you've played such an important part in the history of the Disneyland Resort that I personally wanted to share this news with you. In the next several days, we will begin the process of issuing appropriate refunds for eligible Disneyland Resort annual passports and sunsetting the current annual passport program due to the continued uncertainty of the pandemic and limitations and expected restrictions around the reopening of our theme parks. I know that sunsetting the annual passport program will be disappointing to many of our pass holders who are just as anxious as we are to reopen our gates and welcome guests back when the time is right. We are also very excited about what's ahead. We plan to use this time while we remain closed to develop new membership offerings that will utilize consumer insights to deliver choice, flexibility, and value for our biggest fans. Once we have more information to share about future membership offerings, our pass holders will be the first to hear from us as we embark on this next chapter. Finally, uh, they shared the following as well. Uh, as kind of an addendum. We're excited to share a special merchandise discount for our Disneyland Resort annual pass holders. Pass holders who held active passports as of March 14th, to 2020, the park closure date, can receive 30% off select merchandise purchases at Disney owned and operated locations at Downtown Disney District and Buena Vista Street. This offer is valid Monday through Thursday, beginning January 18th through February 25th, 2021. So let's dissect a couple of things here. Yes, it is the political correct thing to say sunset instead of the word end. End seems so definite. Sunset seems more gradual. In reality, this there's nothing gradual about this. It's over. The annual passport program is over. Will there be something else in its place? Yeah, I really believe there will be, but it will not look like it currently is. Part of that is good news because it had gotten convoluted. It had way too many options in my viewpoint, and we won't even begin to talk about the price. I don't know that the price is going to go away, but there definitely needs to be a readjustment because while the annual passport program was really originally developed to kind of fill in those emptier days in the parks, it had come to a point where it had overran the parks. There were over a million annual pass holders and it was just an overwhelming experience for many of the locals. I say many of the locals, I did not find exactly the same problem. I'm pretty good at Disney. I know where to go when things get a little crowded. The only time I have ever thought it was too crowded was trying to get a tram anytime after about 8 or 8:30 in the evening. Not only that, I thought it was pretty reasonable in terms of crowds. However, these parks are far more intimate than the parks we know of at Walt Disney World. And it didn't take, even though they had, actually, many don't know this, there were actually more rides, quote-unquote, attractions, quote-unquote, than all four Disney theme parks. Yeah, those two parks held a lot of rides. Now, some of them were fairly simple things, but uh, like simple dark rides or or something like Go-Go's, uh, gadgets go-go coaster. but but notwithstanding, they did have a lot to absorb, but there wasn't a lot of space in between all those rides to fill everyone. And so it was easy to get find the thing overwhelming. Overwhelming, as if there was another point in the day where things got overwhelming, it was trying to manage fireworks on one end of the park while phantasmic at the other end, in the Frontierland area. That was a rather overwhelming kind of moment in their day. But other than that, I I found it reasonable. However, as you'll see, many locals did not find it a very accommodating thing, and frankly came to hate the Passport Program because it overflowed with too many people in the parks at various times. And so they are sunsetting this program. It's not surprising. In fact, there's even rumor that they were already looking to sunset or end some aspects of this program even before um, this announcement came. It also is, um, (sighs) also it was clearly a sign that the Tokyo Disneyland had recently removed its annual passholder program. And when you studied that uh, that park or set apart that resort, you saw the same thing occurring there as you did at Disneyland, two parks in a very congested area, Tokyo instead of Los Angeles, and, and an overabundance of locals with pass, um, uh, with a lo- local pass holders. And so in the wake of COVID, they ended their pass holder program and they have not, as far as I know, introduced a new plan in its place, nor do I think a new plan is too imminent. I'll talk about that a little later. The other thing I should mention is the statement does come from Ken who did a really nice job of saying, look, I really get this is really important and annual pass holders are a big part of the Disneyland experience. But you gotta know that the the president of Disneyland Resort, Ken Potrack, comes from really managing elite aspects Of the Disney experience. Adventures by Disney, working with the cruise line, working with um, elevating the level of retail and retail experience by moving it into Disney Springs, even the Golden Oak, which is a a private upscale residence area um, at Walt Disney World. He's been involved with very upscale kinds of activities. And I'm sure he's bringing a little bit of that into this situation, where you're going to see more upscale offerings and less of down and dirty type pricing. So all this is kind of coming together and it's created a, well, it's, it's created a headline. Now, what's interesting is the response. You have to understand annual pass holders are some of the most vocal because they care about this a whole lot. Um, This, we talked about Magical Express in the previous podcast, and you may want to listen to that. That is certainly um, lit a fire with many um, big Walt Disney World fans. This is a much bigger thing. Um, because the annual passholder program is so prominent throughout uh, all California even people outside of California, myself included, have been annual passholders. So um, they're a very vocal group. And I also will say that many people feel that the annual um, passholders um, tend to act in a way that they seem deserving, that they almost come across as owners of the park and that um, they are entitled um, in their experience. I think that's, uh, I think that is true with some, but I don't think that's wholly true. I think many people are just really families that wanna come to Disneyland often and they love it. But, But there is an entitlement aspect that really is actually a turnoff for other individuals. As a result, having observed the responses on a number of social media sites, it is surprising that, e- that nearly a solid half of people responding online are actually kind of happy with the possibility of decreasing the number of people in the parks. So, what are the ramifications? Well, um, for one thing, all the other parks are gonna benefit. Universal and Knott's will probably see an increase in the sale of their annual passes. Um, Moving forward, I think the idea of a casual few hours in the park seems like it's going to go away. Um, I don't, the, the body of people who really just come after work, is enormous and I think people will see that their opportunity and window to go will be decreased as a result they're going to open up um, a greater window in their day to attend and make it more of a full day thing rather than let's go over there for dinner kind of thing um, it'll be interesting to see if this has any impact on hotel rates in and around the Catella Harbor Boulevard area. That's gonna be really, again, what percentage of them are annual pass holders? Not much, but there still are a lot of people who come in from say Fresno, San Francisco, um, even from Vegas and Salt Lake and Phoenix who actually hold annual pass holders and they come for a long weekend. So are they going to decrease their attendance? Um, that'll be that'll be interesting. And then finally, I think one of the biggest ramifications is that the Premier Pass will finally die. Now, if you're not familiar with the Premier Pass, this was introduced, and I want to say it came somewhere maybe in the wake of 9-11 when they were trying to figure find new ways to get people in the parks. In fact, I want to say it was introduced about the same time that free parking was introduced with all the Disney annual park passes, but don't hold me to that. Annual pass park. Yeah, annual park passes. Um, don't hold me to that. Um, the premier pass, when I first purchased it, back in 2005, 2006, I want to say it was in the neighborhood of about 800. I think the pricing at last count was somewhere around 2,270. They had increased the price of this thing so badly. It It was just incredible. It was awful how bad the pricing was. I finally... to draw a line in the sand and say, then I'm not going to go get that pass. Um, Now I have been a Premier Pass holder for a long time, um, but the Premier Pass, one of the problems with the Premier Pass is it was a different kind of card that had to communicate to the Disneyland ticket media system and the Walt Disney World ticket media system. You would think under one Disney, there would be one ticket media system, but no, 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 no. They had to create an entirely new concoction, and many was the time. I would hold out that card to get in, and people, uh, cast members working working, you know, the entry to the parks would look at it and say, What kind of pass is this? They didn't even know that this pass existed. I don't think there was a grand, a huge number of people who held it, certainly not in the last years when the price went up enormously. It was a cool pass to have, but I think the price has gone up so far and I don't think, and I think the reason they kept moving that price so far up was they wanted to get people out of the Premier System. I think they saw this as not a win for them they saw people who love Disneyland, who still wanted to go to Walt Disney World as, well, then let's just charge them for regular tickets out of Walt Disney World and vice versa. And so I j- j- they've been meaning to get rid of that sooner than I think any other uh, annual pass. And I think with this, it is finally dead. Now, what is the solution for moving forward and creating a new, a new way to to deal with annual pass holders. Well, step one is open the park and that's not easy. They have really struggled with doing this and we this announcement is coming at a time when COVID rates are just over the top in California, especially in Los Angeles. Hospitals are filled up. They are clearly looking at it being some period of time before Disneyland and Disney California Adventure will open up to guests coming to enjoy a day at the park. Um, So, um, which is going to be interesting because the governor's original system was when you do open up, it will only be locals. And so, all the people who would generally come in from the outside, again, from the uh, Intermountain West, Colorado, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, Seattle, Oregon, well, they won't be allowed in. So just who's coming to Disneyland when this thing finally opens? You don't have an annual pass holder system. And I don't think, well, let me just go to step two. Step two will be to get back to full-time occupancy. I don't think they'll really introduce a new, and implement, they may introduce, but they probably will not implement a new annual pass holding system until they're at least, until they're back to full occupancy, until they're running things the way they were running them before. Even at Walt Disney World, they haven't reopened for new annual passes here in Florida. I don't think that's going to happen at Disneyland until they're back to full-time occupancy. I also think That And it's a strategic money move. People who really, 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 really want to go to Disneyland, those annual pass holders will probably easily go buy full-day tickets, at least to go back for a day or two, um, just to get their fix having missed it for a year or longer. So it's in their best interest not to go back to an annual pass program anytime soon. Um, It definitely will be after they get to full-time occupancy. Third, I think this is gonna have to be more strategic than simply uh, charging higher prices. Disneyland kept adding higher and higher and higher prices and it didn't quite remove, it didn't quite solve the problem. It moved the problem around, but um, I don't think it's as simple as simply charging higher prices or even eliminating passes on heavier days. So the summer days, holidays, Weekend days, they would eliminate and have offer certain annual passes that eliminated all those. But honestly, some of the most, some of the heaviest days in the Disney parks were Mondays and Wednesdays in the parks uh, because there was a whole body of people who couldn't go on Saturday and Sunday. And so they came on other days and it was crazy on those days. So it's it's got to be a little more strategic than just climbing the price up and eliminating passes on heavier days, although I'm sure that will still be a part of it. Disneyland has had a long tradition of offering single and multi-day tickets with fairly deep discounts. Uh, Ralph seemed uh, seemed to sell them all the time to locals. Um, you had to be a local, so it couldn't be like somebody coming in from, from Phoenix to do it. But, um, but this is nothing new of an idea. They've been trying to get people to go toward those tickets for a long, long time. And I think that will work initially as they head back up to full-time occupancy, if they even allow that. They may not even be allowing discounted tickets. There may be enough people who are just wanting to go back for a day or two or three to the theme parks. They're willing to pay full price and Disney's more than happy to accommodate that. One possible idea that I've heard is to couple it with a D23 program or something similar adding kind of packaging it and adding value to it. That's a possibility. Is it possible that you could offer a raffle sign up for the passholder program? So we're going to allow X number of people sign up for the passholder program. And after that, we're not going to add more passholders. Um, more likely is that the passholder program will probably come back in simpler levels but they're going to require a reservation system similar to what is at Walt Disney World. So yeah, you own an annual pass, but it doesn't guarantee you entry every day for dinner, uh, unless you have a reservation and reservations go up on certain key days and so forth. And so you may have to book two or three weeks in advance to get that reservation. And so you only go every two or three. So you see how that may flow. That is probably that is probably where they are going to go um, to make that happen. I notice, as an annual pass holder, at the top of the tier, um, that one of that when the holidays, the Christmas holidays, came, uh, all the lower tiers went away, and it was like easy to get a ticket into the park, almost into any park, almost every day. So I think, I think that is probably more the scenario that's going to happen. And by the way, what's the ramification for Walt Disney World and all this? I don't think the reservation system's gonna go away at Walt Disney World either. It might go away for resort guests. It might go away for those buying a ticket at the gate. I don't think it will go away for annual pass holders because that allows them to maintain and not allow too many annual pass holders to choke the system and not, get the more full paid ticket price. So sad news for annual pass holders, but that's probably, probably where they're going. Now, allow me to please reminisce a little bit about um, my experience. I, I've i been visiting Disneyland since 1963. I would have been uh, two at that time and, uh, and I've been going almost my entire life, with ex- with an exception of a couple of different s- seasons of my life. in nineteen uh, In nineteen eighty three, Disneyland started its annual pass program. Again, intended to uh, add sales, they needed to get more people into the parks, and it was only shortly thereafter. I want to say eighty four, eighty five where Disneyland started to go seven days a week. Up until then, in the off season, Disneyland was not open on Mondays and Tuesdays. And so as they moved into those kinds of period, into a more full-time schedule like Walt Disney World, um, the annual pass became very handy to fill in the guests on what would have been otherwise fairly empty days. In 1985, I visited Disneyland for the first time since 1980. In fact, as I recall, I did not have a chance to ride Big Thunder. I missed it by weeks or something um, or months right before it opened. It seemed like I saw it completely finished but not available to the guests. It was until 85 that I actually went on Big Thunder for the first time and went subsequently every year for a couple of times till 87 when i started working for southern california edison on a um internship that was a three four month period and that's when i learned they've got an annual pass and that annual pass as i recall was about 75 dollars with a daily adult pass being this before california adventure of course so no park hopping. The, 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 Daily price for an adult ticket, I want to say was somewhere between 31 and $35 at that time. It seemed to me that I thought, okay, I just need to go three or four times and I will get my money's worth on this. And um, and that was quite easy. It was and it was very cool. Now, unfortunately back then um, and at that time of year, park actually closed almost around five, six in the evening. So it wasn't like I, I really had a lot of time after work. Um, but I did enjoy it on Saturday. I did get a lot of benefit and the rest of the week, I, um, the rest of the week I, um, would go to, when I had time to do something, I would go to the Disneyland hotel and walk around there. Back then they had the little magical fountain show and they had those big waterfalls on the, on the one, um, off the One Tower, and uh, I just learned to enjoy the Disneyland Hotel, bought the candied peanuts um, that was sold, bought, um, I would buy a Christmas ornament and add to a surprise um, group of Christmas ornaments. I came back home to my wife and surprised her that Christmas, and so I I was just enjoying that experience. I want to say, just before this, for sure, and maybe at the same time, you actually if you wanted to ride you well you could ride the monorail at disneyland without going into the parks but you had to buy a two dollar ride ticket and so i remember some days i would fork over two dollars just to buy the monorail ticket to go in but any rate um i did that in 87 visited Once or twice, but then I went through a period in the 1990s where I became a Walt Disney World cast member, which actually gave me free access to Disneyland out in California. Ironically, it was the longest period of not visiting the park. I am thinking that I went almost the entire 90s without having a chance because it was, I did not see Toontown until much, much later. I didn't see the Indiana Jones Adventure, which opened in 1994 uh, until uh, 2000. Well, it was the summer after Disney California Adventure opened. And I brought my family um, out to uh, the Disneyland Resort. And have actually gone there nearly every year. uh every <laughs> and have visited nearly every year or so since. Um, in the last 15 years, since 2005, I've had a Premier Pass nearly half the time. Some years I didn't need it, so I didn't buy it, but a lot of years I did and I got a lot of use, particularly two years ago, I was spending um, every other week in Los Angeles and I was using that premiere Pass I got value off of that. In fact, I would say that year I actually visited Disneyland more times than Walt Disney World, even though I lived here. Um, what I did notice, though, in that period of time, particularly in the what seemed to be the last five, six, seven years, something new like an attraction, a special festival, that Pixar festival they had, or even sales of homemade candy canes seem to bring out throngs of visitors. Um, And I would notice as I was coming there in the evening, I'd be in line to park behind a throng of guests who would come after work at night. It was, there is this whole turnout of people who come into the parks in the evening. And that's when things get really crazy and crowded especially on something like a Friday night. If you're not staying off of Harbor Boulevard and or Catella, it's really a pain. It has become a huge pain to get in and out of Disneyland, especially if you're taking I-5 or the Santa Ana Freeway. It's just, it's really hard to get in and out of those parks, even though they have dedicated access ramps and so forth. It was... It's become, it, it just became overwhelming and burdening um, over the last um, number of years. And, um, and yet at the same time, two summers ago, I brought my family with me out to Disneyland and it was the week of July 4th. In fact, we were there on the 4th of July. And to our absolute surprise, there were very few people in the lower tier, uh, because they had eliminated during that time of year, the lower tiers of pass holders. And that's what most people had purchased were those lowered, uh, pass holder tiers. And so you'd think the 4th of July, which traditionally for decades had been just enormous in size was suddenly, um, you know, was suddenly, uh, just some of the quietest times of the year. It was a very different, um, one of the things I did notice that was really different. And then I have to say my last trip was the week that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opened. And, um, on that visit, I had not been in the better part of a year. And I wanted to justify a premiere pass and I could not, I could not justify it. I stayed in a Disneyland hotel, but I purchased single park tickets. Um, Not even park hoppers, I I purchased single park tickets. Um, And even that with the opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the attendance was at best moderate. Why? Because again, they had eliminated those lower tiers of annual pass holders during that time period. So everything had gotten kind of topsy-turvy and turned around. Um, so not surprising, perhaps disappointing for many, for many not, but for few, probably not surprising that the, the Disneyland annual pass holder program, which has gone on for so many years has finally pretty well come to an end, at least as we know it. I should say, as a final note to this, what has been cool, sandwiched between the announcement of Magical Express going away and the craziness with early hours, as well as this announcement with annual pass holders, if there's good news or positive news, maybe I should put it that way, Disneyland made arrangements to be a vaccine super site location for Southern California. And I think that is a great thing. Uh, people need to get vaccinated. People need to get vaccinated quickly. And uh, the fact that Disneyland has utilized its parking lots and and facilities to make that possible, especially when they have been so badly snubbed and ignored and treated, in my view, by the governor of California. I think it's great that Disneyland turned the other cheek and and really pitched in to help um, make the experience uh, easier for people who are trying to get a vaccination at this time. At any rate, that and the fact that I'm still looking forward to the opening of Snow White's uh, Dark Ride when it reopens. Uh, I don't know that I've announced that on any of my podcasts, Hope to see that soon. That alone will get me to go out to California, I promise. But, uh, but first, we're going to have to get it open, open a lot, and extend that opening to people outside the state of California. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this Disney at Play podcast. If you really want to share the magic of the show, please consider adding a comment or a positive rating on iTunes. It will do so much to help others find out more about this, the littlest podcast that ever could. And make sure that uh, you also check out our sister site that goes with disneyatplay.com. It's disneyatwork.com. It's a part of Performance Journeys, my company, and it's committed to helping you improve your organization. If you'd like a keynote speaker or a seminar for your business, conference, or higher education group, We offer a variety of topics to include leadership, employee engagement, customer service, and teamwork. Know that when you invite me to speak or work with your organization, you are hiring someone who has successfully applied these ideas in the trench for scores of organizations for over 25 years. For more information, please visit disneyatwork.com or performancejourneys.com, better yet, Just contact me by email or phone. Either of those websites will give you my contact information. And just talk to me about what's happening in your workplace and how I can help you take your organization to the next level. Listening is the best gift I can give you. Feel free to reach out and discuss your needs. Want to embrace more of the magic? you want to know more of the insights and happenings at the disney parks you have to join our brand new patreon page where we have podcast videos and interactive apps you can't get anywhere else in our first two tiers of explore and discover we look at some amazing disney discoveries as we dive into the many themes and details of the parks Those in the navigator and adventurer levels experience our Disney at work content I just spoke of where we look at best in business ideas from the happiest places on earth through our interactive Disney at work online tours plus so much more. Membership begins at only $5 a month and the first few months all of our proceeds 100% are going to support Embrace Celebration dedicated to helping Furloughed and unemployed folks most affected by this pandemic in the shadows of Disney. So as you receive your stimulus check or that uh, that little Christmas uh, check from Grandma or whomever, maybe think about just carving out a few dollars towards something really good and getting something really great in return. Well, that does it for today. In the words, a Sinbad storybook voyage. We leave you with the words of Al Menta. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.